Miss the latest episode of your favorite CGSW 90.9 program? Listen back to the podcast versions by going to our website or by checking out our brand new CGSW app. Available to download now from the App Store or Google Play. tuned in to Ears Have Eyes on CJSW 90.9 FM. We just heard Red Rocked, Blue Moon, by Hilda Daniel, a multimedia artist from Singapore currently based in New York. Red Rocked was reworked from recordings made on a Pixel 2000 toy camera, featuring ravaged footage of a highway through Red Rock Desert on the California-Nevada border, and manipulated recordings of Elvis's 1956 rendition of Blue Moon. In the words of the artist, the longings in the piece are perpetual, and in the ravages of time on its technology and surrounding landscape, the piece continues to shift and evolve, with the slowness of epics and the velocity of dreams. Ears Have Eyes is a sound art radio program, broadcasting from Treaty 7 territory in southern Alberta, home to the Blackfoot Confederacy 
the Satina First Nation, the Stony Nakoda, and Métis Nation of Alberta Region 3. Every month we feature auditory art, experimental music, spoken word, and other recorded experiments from local, national, and international artists. We're your hosts, Caitlin Brown and Wayne Garrett. The theme of this month's program is End to Begin, Feedback, Looping, and Prolonged Transitions. In our last program of 2022, we're exploring the cyclical relationship between endings and beginnings. As one year draws to a close, another begins, in a rhythm that moves not in a line or a circle, but a slow spiral through time and space. In our next piece, teacher and composer Jonathan Carrasco draws from Aztec god Xipetotec, the god of life, death, rebirth. According to Mesoamerican myth, Xipetotec both invented war and antithetically created connections between agriculture and warfare. In ancient times, priests would sacrifice victims by cutting out their hearts and flaying them in his honor. Their skins were worn by priests as tribute around the time of the spring equinox. Following, you'll hear a new composition created specifically for Ears Have Eyes by Dublin-based composer and sound artist Miss Indigo, titled Amaranthine, a word often associated with everlasting or undying. Her composition is an ambient instrumental soundscape with luscious pulsating loops designed to leave the listener with a sense of being unfinished and curious for more. This is Shibe Totek by Jonathan Carrasco.
This is a score by Corey Reader called They Tell Each Other Stories. How does many form one? I don't think it is by always sounding together. It is by giving space, perhaps not playing at all. Did you hear their sound? Perhaps if we start simply, only a single tone here and there, lots of silence, listening, gradually building in general, long tones, occasionally a gesture, perhaps only two tones, perhaps no longer silent or even quiet, flowering and decaying tones, faintly pulsing tones, echoing tones. After some time, we return, listening. A long sustained tone here and there, always somewhere in between, forming and disappearing of the self into another. You just heard Drops of Life by Anna Maria Aremia, a multidisciplinary artist from Romania. 
one of a series of pieces dedicated to Romanian symbolist poet Tudor Argiaze. Anna wrote the piece in October 2021, an autumnal period when she was becoming increasingly aware of the cyclical stages of matter. Prior to Drop of Life, we heard the first tech score from a series facilitated by the Center for Deep Listening through director Stephanie Loveless. Pioneered by late experimental composer and electronic musician Pauline Oliveros, the Center for Deep Listening is midway through a year of deep listening, a project spanning time, space, and social media through the daily dissemination of hundreds of text scores. You'll hear snippets from our interview with Stephanie Loveless throughout today's program. For more information about A Year of Deep Listening or any of the other projects on today's episode, visit hibernationproject.ca and find the tab Ears Have Eyes. If you're keen on sound art, you should visit The Politics of Sound at Galt Museum in Lethbridge, open until May 2023. Curated by Tyler Stewart, this exhibition questions how our ears shape our actions investigating the role of sound within social relations of power. Does who we are determine what we hear and who hears us? The Politics of Sound features sound sculptures, audio installations, and historic artifacts, exploring the potential of sound to create new empathies, build understandings, and challenge visitors to contemplate their own position within our shared soundscape. Visit galtmuseum.com for more information. The next work comes from serial contributor and Hong Kong-based sound engineer Lauren Wong. Lauren has contributed original compositions to numerous episodes of Ears Have Eyes in 2022, and we want to thank her for her prolific work. Following Lauren's work, you'll hear Artificial Birds, 1st to 10th Generation, by Czech sound artist Marek Hlavik. Focusing on the intersection of technology, nature, and social environments, Merrick's composition uses machine learning to create the sounds of birds, repeated over and over. The outcome of one iteration is used as the dataset for the next. This is Present Continuous by Lauren Wong.
This is by Karen Werner, Buzz and Breath Duet. Listen to the buzz in your ears, in the room, and listen to the exhale of your breath as a duet. Stephanie Loveless, thank you so much for being on Ears Have Eyes, our radio program on CGSW in Calgary, Mokinsis. Uh, we were excited to talk to you today about a project that is ongoing, a durational project that you are um, leading with the Center for Deep Listening, which is a tribute to Pauline Oliveros and her legacy. Uh, it's called A Year of Deep Listening. It sort of makes sense to begin by reflecting on that term deep listening and maybe um, explaining to our audience 
a little bit more about what deep listening is and maybe how it differs from the casual listening that people are constantly engaging with. Yeah. I uh, remember in one of the last workshops that Pauline Oliveros led that I attended, um, I remember her saying like, you know, and what is deep listening? I don't even really know. You know, this is something that, why don't we just create it all together right now? And I've just found that so inspiring and, and kind of liberating and grounding as I took on the directorship of the Center for Deep Listening, knowing that it's a kind of a, a practice that evolves in community, in a community of listeners. But in terms of what deep listening is in uh, distinction from casual listening, I mean, basically, Pauline would um, distinguish between hearing and listening. And she would say, you know, hearing is something that um, happens automatically. It is a physiological response to sound. Um, we are hearing, you know, 24 hours a day. You're hearing even when you're asleep. That's why your alarm will wake you up in the morning. So we're always hearing, um, but that does not mean that we're always listening. So listening is just when you um, add conscious attention or awareness to what you're hearing. And so a way that she often define deep listening is a practice of listening to everything that it is possible to hear at all times um, and reminding herself when she's not listening. So it's like this sort of never ending practice that you can always go more deeply into bring more consciousness and more awareness more of the time. I'm curious to know more about Pauline, both through your lens as someone who knew her, um, but also as a, a significant person who uh, really contributed to um, ways of ways of listening. Yes, I want to mention a beautiful documentary about her life that is just coming out. Um, and it is called Deep Listening, the Story of Pauline Oliveros by Daniel Weintraub. But yeah, she was a, you know, composer. She was born in 1932. She became interested in sound um, and music very young and, you know, started, uh, she won an award for a kind of a contemporary classical composition when she was quite young. I think that that, that freed her up to begin exploring more experimental composition and finding ways to put into the world the sounds that she was hearing in her mind. She was on the vanguard of um, electronic composition, which was at the time, you know, 50s, very much a boys club, you know, and she was an out butch lesbian. Um, She's just so remarkable, so radical. She was very prominent in the San Francisco Tape Music Center. You know, she just created, she was a, a core part of so many uh, movements at that time. Um, so she made tons of electronic music. She was a performer, an improviser, and a composer. Um, very prolific, very influential. In the late 60s, early 70s, she retreated a little bit from the world of making music with others um, on stage. 
she worked with a group of um, women, well, in a, in a collective um, that was called Femme Ensemble. And they just worked together with no audience, exploring, listening, exploring, sounding. And this was like in you know, 1970, 1971. And with this group of women, she developed practices of listening to each other, listening to the sounds of the world around them um, and sounding really sensitively and responsively to each other and sort of notating those activities in the form of text scores or instruction scores. Um, and these ended up being published as the Sonic Meditations and were really designed for uh, to be accessible to people that may be musicians, may have musical backgrounds, but may not at all. So instruments are not really needed. All you need to do is be able to read these instructions and follow them in a group. I'm pulled into what you're saying because it, of course, occurs to me how many intersections there are with um, performance art and just that moment that was happening in terms of yes. art at the time. Um, mm -hmm. It's clear that you have uh, personally this practice of uh, engaging with media art and sound work. Um, and so at some point that must have led you towards Paulina Oliveros. Mm -hmm. And now you're you're kind of heading the Center for Deep Listening. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm curious about your own access point to Pauline's work and then how it led you to this moment. So I was, you are right, already uh, making sound pieces, um, kind of electronic music or electroacoustic music, which is something that I studied at Concordia in Montreal when I discovered um, Pauline's work. When what I learned about um, first were her retreats. So she um, ran these deep listening retreats with her partner, Ione, who's a, an author and, and a poet um, and a sort of a, a mistress of, of dream realms and uh, their close friend Eloise Gold who's a movement artist and so they would lead these deep listening retreats which were week long um, in a beautiful location this was in the mountains of New Mexico and I was already at the time I was leading sound walks and you know very involved in the um, sort of sound experimental sound community in Vancouver but the deep listening retreat was absolutely um, I want to say life changing, listening changing. It just opened, I would say, opened my, my ears and my heart, perhaps. I was deeply moved and changed by the experience. Pauline invited me to, um, because I was interested in going to grad school for sound art, and she recommended that I apply to Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute where she was teaching. And so I did an MFA there. Uh, and had the opportunity to work with her more in that context. And she was just a, uh, if, if you know, you speak to anyone who knew her, people who even met her once, she was an incredibly special being. Anything that you might imagine about her from reading her scores or reading her writing or listening to her music, like was the case. She was just so deeply um, accepting of all so of, of all sounds, but also of all people, um, she was like the most wise and the most grounded person that I've ever met. I always think of her as um, like a mountain. And when she died, it felt like a, a mountain range was disappeared from the earth. 
sound the sounds of now until a memory arises. Sound the memory until a secret arises within the memory. Allow the secret to surface until it is no longer secret. Sound the surfaced secret back through time until there is no distinction between memory and now. You just heard the first text score published with a year of deep listening, written by Ione, the partner of Paulina Laveros, an experimental composer who pioneered the practice of deep listening and passed away in 2016. Prior to that, you heard Creek Crossed Wires by Pierrot Desperes, sound collected from Green Tree Park in Kirkwood, Missouri. Electrical sounds were recorded from the overhead power lines using an electromagnetic pickup. These were combined with sounds from the restored wetlands below. You're tuned in to Ears Have Eyes, a sound art radio program on CGSW 90.9 FM. The theme of today's program is End to Begin. Our theme next month is Future Casting, Science Fiction Sounds and Speculative Stories. To submit your sound art, experimental music, spoken word, or narrative recordings, and to learn more about the artists on this program, visit hibernationproject.ca and find the tab Ears Have Eyes. We're ending our program today in two parts. We'll finish our interview with Stephanie Loveless from the Center for Deep Listening, and we'll play the program out with a composition by Ji-Yun Park, a sound artist based in Cologne, Germany. Ji-Yun experiments with sensory and synesthetic states in search of hidden and inherent sounds, spatial acoustics, and performances transcending time and space. Her work, Alik, was originally a video using pipe objects as a path to warp sound feeding back on itself. But first, here is the completion of our interview with Stephanie Loveless, director of the Center for Deep Listening, discussing a year of deep listening. To learn more about the Center for Deep Listening, visit deeplistening.rpi.edu. You know, uh, many of the most famous text scores came out of an artist um, collective called Fluxus in the 1950s. Um, And basically a text score is a play on a traditional musical score, which is, you know, notated with notes on a staff. In a text score, there's no notes, there's just words. And so the words might be telling you um, what sounds to make, just like a traditional notation would, um, or they could be telling you uh, ways to move or things to think or um, paths to take. So basically it's almost like a recipe um, or a set of directions for an experience, an aesthetic experience. Um, And so for a year of deep listening, the call that was disseminated was to send in um, short, accessible text scores for listening. The ask was for scores that were in honor of Pauline's 90th birthday and her legacy. Something that I wanted to be doing with this project is really having this community of listeners um, thinking or listening together around what listening can bring now 
in this current moment. You know, Pauline was very inspired by um, the idea of um, telematics, of being able to communicate across distances, of having those kinds of boundaries not matter. And she was very embracing always of like new technologies and new ways of doing things. You know, she would perform in Second Life and things like that. And so I think she would um, enjoy the kind of like across social media dissemination of this celebration. And then also the fact that there are so many, you know, Pauline's work was so, so deeply about inclusivity and accessibility. It was absolutely core to what she did. And so, you know, we spread this call really far and wide and there's, um, you know, more than 300 different voices that are being amplified or that are joining this sort of chorus. I love that there is like a Pulitzer Prize winning composer, you know, there's a lot of people who do not work professionally in sound or music at all. There's people who loved her deeply and had profound relationships with her for decades. And there's people who, you know, never met her and perhaps just discovered deep listening recently. So there's this sort of um, breadth of relationships. But what's in common is that um, everybody that contributed has been touched in some way by deep listening, by Pauline's work and by her legacy. One of the last scores, I'll, I'll read my score, um, if that's okay. So that's um, was one of the most recent scores. It's Prescription for Grieving for Pauline. Bring to mind someone or something you miss. Listen for them or it around you and inside you. This is Beat Frequencies by Bobby Barry. For two people with stethoscopes, each placing their own stethoscope on the chest of the other. Listening, breathing slowly, attempting to synchronize their own pulse with the pulse of the other performer. The piece ends when both heartbeats are perfectly aligned. <laughs> 